Today on Cinema Oblivia, Jim Belusi says, No more! And he means it. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on films that are underseen, unheard of, underdiscussed, or unrelevant. Is that a word? I don't know. Whatever. I am again your host, James Eldred, and who is back for another episode today? Hello, it's me, Norm, otherwise known as Normally Retro, the host of A Question of Character. Yes, on YouTube. And you just did, as of this recording... You did an episode on who? Parappa the Rapper. No, no, no. I was I was going for the, the previous one. Who? Oh, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> but not that Mike Jones. I have no. totally forgot that the character from Star Tropics was named Mike Jones. I didn't even realize. I mean, you know, I played that game what, back in like 1991, 1992. And, you know, Mike Jones was just a regular name back then. Yeah. I it did not correlate with me. I never even thought about his name back in the name because the game was too damn hard, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when I saw Mike Jones, it was like, oh, my God, this is, is this wrote, wrote, it, wrote itself. Yeah. I am surprised uh, Jeff Gerstmann from Giant Bomb has never made that reference. Uh, <laughs> he strikes me there's a very small subset of people whose knowledge of mediocre rap tracks and mm-hmm. old NES games overlaps in that Venn diagram yeah I can see it's that like how, it's like how I know the theme music to Pengu Pengu Club on the Famicom is ripping off uh, Sheila E's Glamorous Life yeah, and that's, that happened a couple of times too. Actually, there's a um a Janet Jackson song. You know that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but like not many not many people have the knowledge of Pengu Pengu for the Famicom and Sheila E. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I feel with that. like I'm. That's my. Those are my wheelhouses lined up together. But anyway, when I hear to talk about uh Sheila E, I, I wish. Why um, not? Fuck it. My new Sheila E. fan podcast. No. Um, the glamorous podcast. Anyway, we are talking today about The Principal from 1987. The Jim Belushi, Louis Gossett Jr., Ray Dong Chong, problematic but still good, in my opinion, mm-hmm. high school dramatic action comedy thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was surprised when I saw it said action comedy. I mean, it is an action comedy. Don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, the comedy aspects. They're not as funny now. Uh, <laughs> kind of hurtful in yeah. certain ways. It can be triggering. But I know, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, James. Yeah, when I saw this back in the uh, 80s, I, I had a frame of reference of, oh, yeah, this is a movie that I like. This is a movie I want to see again, primarily because, you know, in the 80s, we were, like, fueled with cereal, sugar, and action, and mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, it fed right through that same kind of channeling. Well, when I was a kid, I saw this movie uh, with my brother at my dad's apartment. As I, I told mm-hmm. the stories before about my dad just letting us watch whatever we wanted to watch. And I don't know, yeah. 
We loved Lewis Gossett Jr. because he was in Iron Eagle. Oh my God, I love Iron Eagle. Yeah. And Iron Eagle's a bad movie. Iron Eagle mm-hmm. 2 is a terrible film, but I was seven. <laughs> and uh, I never saw... There were four Iron Eagle films. Why not? I thought they stopped at three. I forgot about it. I forgot about four. I um, loved Iron Eagle because it had an F-16. That's my favorite jet. I was never that kind of nerd when I was a kid. I was, I was like... I mean, I don't know. I was into... I don't know. <laughs> I was going to make a self defense joke, but yeah, movies, exactly. Um, but yeah, well, so we watched this all the time, and I feel like this is a movie that was on TNT every weekend between 1994 and 2006. Mm-hmm. It feels like. And it's just a movie that I feel like it's, it's kind of occupies a strange space. Like it wasn't a hit, but it wasn't a bomb. Mm-hmm. It's kind of well remembered by certain people, but no one really talks about it. It probably had no real influence in society as a whole. No, no, <laughs> but not at all. I and watching it now, it has some severe issues, but I loved it as a kid. I, I still kind, I still kind of like it now, and I just feel like it's kind of a fun movie where you can that you can also use as a jumping off point to talk about some you know kind of serious topics now yeah and i want to talk about it what's your history with this one i mean basically the exact same thing you know it was like uh it came out uh i didn't see the theaters yet you know it wasn't a theater type movie to see like not like aliens or rambo or something like that it was kind of like you know Hey, looks. This movie looks cool. <laughs> He's holding a bat, and the movie is called The Principal. So something's about to go down here, and it's like you know, it was an interesting uh, cover. And you know, Louis, as you said, Louis Gossett Jr. was in there. Louis Gossett Jr. was on fire around that time. You know, Enemy oh, yeah. Mine, Iron Eagle. I think it was specifically because Iron Eagle, because I, I loved Iron Eagle. I loved him in there. You know, as Chappie, I think his name was. And uh, you know, the 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 cover looked provocative, and it was like, yeah, let me see what uh, Jim Belushi is all about in this movie. And to be honest. <laughs> I'm just saying, (laughs) Jim Belushi, he wasn't like, uh, he wasn't like something that like I gravitated towards or person I gravitated towards. I loved John Belushi as a kid, but it was just like, you know, let's see what this school movie is about. It seemed like it had a lot of action. I probably saw a preview for it on, uh, you know, another video. And that's probably what kind of pushed me towards it. Yeah, I'm this. This is probably what my brother picked out and then I just liked it. Um, But, Mm -hmm. no, I've always loved this. And, you know, it's. It's one of those movies that's like the basic plot of the film is a white guy goes to an inner city school and cleans it up, right? It's uh <laughs> that's let's, let's get real. Let's get there's no that's the simplest way to put it. Like this yeah. is all this is and there's all a lot of movies like that. Some are based on true stories. Like Dangerous Minds is based on a true story. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. you know this I feel is let's just be real, it's kind of a white savior film. Oh yeah, it easily is. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. I think it has severe issues with that topic, but I think it also does cover some issues about race that you don't hear about, especially back then too. Kind of for good and bad. What's funny is that his t- <laughs> the tagline or like his little heroic mantra is "No more." <laughs> yes, no more. We'll get to no more. You know, it's one of those films, and we'll get to like so like. We'll get to the people who made it in a bit, but I feel yeah. like it's one of those films that's not made. Like we just talked about uh, last week, I talked about Coonskin, very mm-hmm. different film. Yep. And Coonskin has a lot of more obvious racial issues in it, but it was made from a place of good intent. Exactly. 
of people while Bakshi wanted to talk about these topics. And the, the issue there is, can he do that? This mm-hmm. movie doesn't have as big aspirations as Coonskin, which is a fucked up sentence to say. But it, <laughs> I don't. It was just. It was probably made by people who thought it was a good story. And I agree. Prob- we're not thinking of you know. They're part of the problem in that they don't think of why what they're doing is a problem. They saw the Joe Clark story and they were like, let's kind of like make something that kind of references that, but making it our own spin. Yeah, and I don't before, yeah, I don't think they were trying to do it like a white savior at all. Personally, I, no. I think it was just like, you know, just an action movie. And that's that's fine, especially during the time period in the 80s. It makes sense. And this came out before Lean On Me. Yeah, sure did. Lean On Me was 89. Like Joe Clark was in the it was in the real Joe Clark story was when was that in the, in the early eighties? Yeah, like and, 80, I think it was eighty two. You know, when it actually okay, happened. yeah. So this is probably based on that because he walked around with a baseball bat too, um, mm-hmm. just like Belusi does in this. Belusi though never changed the doors shut to the school. You know, it's funny. You know, I thought about that because that, that's that's a big you know uh, a big scene in that other movie. But when Lewis Gossett went with the chain, he only went to like hit people with the chain. <laughs> well, he went like, to chain the doors at night. Exactly. You know. To keep people out, not to keep people in. And that's a <laughs> exactly. hazard. Okay, 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 Joe, like Joe Clark, I'm sure you meant well, but if, if man, if there would have been an issue in the cafeteria, all those kids would have been dead. It would have been a very different film. Anyway, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. But before we get into, like, the nightmare high school of this film, I wanted to just talk really quick. Like, I feel like everybody's high school, for good or if it's a great high school or a terrible high school, anywhere in between, every high school has that one story. Oh, yeah. Of, like, dude, that happened at my high school. Like, I have I have two at my high school. One one happened before I was there, and I'm not going to use names here. There was a, yeah. te- a health teacher that nobody liked, and... It being the 80s, the common insinuation was that he was gay. Okay. And he had a terrible toupee. That that part was true. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't think he was gay. Somebody at one point spiked his coffee with LSD. Okay. And then he apparently tore his toupee off and ran around the halls emphatically letting people know he was not gay using a certain word. Now... Ah. I always thought that story was false. I thought because that that was the kind of story that happened like two years before your older brother came to school. You know, sure. like <laughs> it was always just far away. But then I worked with somebody who dated the guy who put the acid in his coffee. Are are you serious? <laughs> what? <laughs> God. Yes. So I know for a fact that story. was How did that true. come up and in the conversation? I asked because you know, I, I, I found uh... out she went. I, I this per, I found out she was and she's older than me. She sure. went to my high school. And so I asked her, is that story true? And she says, not only is it true, I married the guy who did it. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they were, they were divorced at this time. So yeah, that one is that one. Sure. And then right after, I, when I when my senior year of high school, there was a student teacher. Do you have student teachers at your school? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 Like the, the, high, the, the university student who's doing the, the year of work experience. And there was a student teacher there who all the girls um, and me um thought was incredibly attractive like just like holy crap he was like ridiculously hot 
There you go. And then he became a teacher there after I graduated. And then about five years later, I found out that him and another teacher were competing to see how many legal students they could sleep with. Wow. Yeah. And they both I'm, got fi- now, 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 that's terrible and disgusting and gross. But I, I do want to, I do want to clarify that everybody here was over eighteen. So it's just, okay. it's, it's terrible and abusive and gross. But it's not like a crime. It's just shitty. Was one of those teachers' names Rick Latimer? <laughs> no, he was not Rick Latimer. Not the principal here. But now those, those are my those are my high school's two horror stories. Does, does your high school have a story like that? Like a holy shit high school i have tons of them and i like if i sit here and talk with the the podcast (laughs) would turn into my high school stories i mean i mean basically what what, what level of high school like is your high school like was your high school like brandell the school in this movie was it a bad school no no it it wasn't that far uh i didn't go to brandell i knew knew of schools like that in the city because you know uh and i'm in chicago and we had the projects out there and a lot of my friends went you know to those kind of like terrible schools like Brandale, but it was a little bit different. It was more gang violence and stuff. That's what's yeah. so funny when I watch these movies, like to see how the dynamic is, especially with like the, uh, I guess the demographic within the school is completely wrong. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, no, these people would not go to this school. Like they wouldn't even the, put their kids in this school, but yeah, the white regardless kids, of the that, white kids. Uh, it was a, like a to- total, like, you know, conglomeration of different races, to be honest. And it was just like, yeah, I wouldn't send my kids to that school, honestly. But uh, yeah, like horror stories, what? Man, you know, a gym teacher was like trying to bang every one of the girls in the, you know, yeah. uh, in, the, in the class. I, at 15, and like my science class, a dude was trying to let me uh, let me buy a gun from him. Uh, just tons of stuff. That in my school. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, bullets to school. Like the um, this guy tried to kill me basically in the arts art class. Another one tried to cut my neck open with an exacto knife. So yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> it's yeah, tons my of my point is, and these kind of stories is like these are like real high school problem stories. Yeah, where, you know, yeah, like really, like creepy teachers, uh, drugs. I uh, I knew a kid in my high school that somebody threw a weight at him in the in the gym class, and then. This kid beat the other guy's nose so hard he broke his hand. Oh, good lord! Uh, real high school problems aren't the kind of problems you see in movies like this. This is a no. the sanitized. It's the sanitized dirty school, right? Yeah. It's like the whitewashed for no no pun intended kind of intended, mm-hmm. uh, like glorified bad high school that just really needs one guy to come in and just clean it up and everything will be okay. Exactly. No get more. A, get get a white guy in there with a bad suit. His suits are terrible. Get a white guy in there with a bad suit and some montages, and you're good mm-hmm. to go. Lots of montages. <laughs> Lots of montages with terrible music nine times out of ten. Listen, <laughs> listen. We'll talk about Jay Gusko okay. later. Um, I want to talk about the director of this. This was directed sure. by Dean Kane's dad. <laughs> that is crazy. I saw that, and I was like, Really? <laughs> really yes. okay but that that means you know it makes a lot of sense of why he got his son into a lot of things and i don't know yeah yeah because i was looking at his filmography and it's films i've never heard of like a tv movie of leslie nielsen a movie about a kid and a dog a movie about a talking buzzard and a lot of these also say like starring dean kane starring exactly. dean kane and i'm like why the hell is dean kane oh this is christopher kane there we go uh, christopher kane from south dakota because i'm sure like you know Growing up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Growing up in Oakland, California. Same thing. Huge market. Same thing. You know, he his his biggest film is Young Guns. Young Guns is the joint. Yeah, Young Guns is the joint. And Young Guns 2 has that dope-ass Bon Jovi song. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I know, right? Laser Glory is rad. Mm-hmm. I will not. 
hear anyone disparage that. But I feel like all his early films I've never heard of, there's this one called Where the River Runs Black. It's about a boy who's raised by magical dolphin people in the Amazon. His mother is raped and killed raped and killed there, and a priest goes out for revenge. It's Huh? Wait, huh? Yeah. How? <laughs> you know, I it's about it's about I, it, that now that is a white savior film. Um Dolphin Savior. Oh no, wait, but uh, who's in that? Who's the priest? Oh no, Tra- well God, Charles Durning's in that. That's the dude from uh he's in Dick Tracy, he's in Oh Brother Art Thou, he's the bad guy in the Muppet movie. Um, oh really? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And Dana Delaney, weird. But yeah, that sounds like a weird one. And then after this, he made Young Guns and then some movie about a bus school bus driver chasing a kidnapper. <laughs> Called. Yeah, that sounds. I want to see that movie so bad. I'm. It's called Wheels of Terror. It's a TV movie. <laughs> I'm almost positive I've seen that. When I was looking at pictures, I recognized it. And yeah. then he made a George Strait vehicle called Pure Country, which I remember the box for. And in Toledo, Ohio, where the, my dad's video store was, that shit rented. Really? Oh man, yeah. But then after that, next Karate Kid. <laughs> Karate Kid 4? Yes. Um, you know, I saw that recently, and I saw, like, the end fight with Miyagi, and, like, he did, like, the Yoda thing on uh, <laughs> on the second prequel of Star Wars. Man, it was, oh, my God. That's, he should never do any action scenes, but go ahead, please. Well, he's he's, he's no longer with us, so you don't have to worry. And then he, <laughs> he made uh, the amazing panda adventure. Okay. Why not? Um, and then he made Gone Fishing. The, I think I know what that one is. That's the Joe Pesci, Christopher yeah. Glover, uh, Joe Pesci, Danny Glover buddy buddy comedy about two dudes to go fishing. Okay, <laughs> and, sounds fun. And that's kind of it for Christopher Kane. He hasn't done much. He still does stuff, but nothing of any kind of note. Um, Those sound like movies that would generate revenue, though. So I can't even. But lie they about didn't. That. So oh, well, never mind that. <laughs> yeah, but never mind that. He, <laughs> he had a, he had a good kid. Like, Christopher Kane is probably, I think he's he probably retired at this point, but sure. uh, he feel his work that I've seen, it feels like he's a work, he's, he's, he's a workman director. Like okay. he's not the kind of guy that injects a lot of style into his films. It goes in there, gets the job done and goes home. Oh, okay. I can, I'm, I'm good with that. And plus he has a famous kid again. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. One of his last films was um, September Dawn, which is about a Native American massacre committed by, allegedly by Mormons. And oh, really? He made that as a reaction to religious extremism. Now, oh, that's interesting. But if you think about his son, because Dean Cain is super Christian now. Oh, he is. I I don't know. I have stopped looking at Dean Cain ever since the Adventures of uh, Lois and Superman, or whatever the hell it's called. Dean Cain is way into the NRA. He's on Fox News. Um, really? Oh, he's one of those guys now. He's oh, one okay. of those guys. Yeah, ah, that's unfortunate. Okay. Yeah, whatever. You know, what he, yeah, it's sad. But anyway, um, and then there's the writer of this, Frank Dees. I love the name Dees. Um, <laughs> Dees what? These nutty movies. <laughs> no, he only made two films. He made this and Josh and Sam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have the tagline for uh, Josh and Sam. Uh-huh. Why run away from home when you can drive? Yeah, Shut Up and Drive, the movie. That's a weird one. I know I've seen that. because That's like really? Sam, S-A-S-S period, A period, M period. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think pe- he wants people to believe he's a robot. I figured so. Or, or something. And it's it's kind of like, it's, it's 
two kids steal a car and go on an adventure. And uh, I know that movie has a very young uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Oh, okay, and, cool. And um, what's his name? Um, crap. Uh, Joan Allen's in that. And okay. the dude, the dude from Groundhog's Day, Stephen Tobolowski. Okay. Stephen Tobolowski's in that. And I remember nothing about it, but I know I've seen it. <laughs> I, I could see that. That sounds like something I would actually watch. If I saw the video, I, I just didn't get a chance to see it, but I definitely would have rented that easily. It sounds like a kid's movie. Yeah. Now the dude is a Frank D's is he's teats and D's kids at <laughs> Rochester Institute of Technology. Okay. Um, so, like I said in my notes, if shit hits the fan at RIT, he'll know what to do. <laughs> he already has the whole, like, get the uh, get the gates or the doors closed, get the chains. It's yeah, time to kick some bat. ass, get the bat. Get baseball bat, someone call Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> exactly. Do you think the writer of The Principal, because he teaches a script writing class, do you think he talks about The Principal in his class? Uh, let's just say I hope not. Like, anyway. <laughs> talk about talk about three act structure. So you see, when he says no more, this is the beginning of the second half. <laughs> and see, this I wrote month, two films. <laughs> I wrote two films. And well, I know what I'm of, talking about. And an episode of Amazing Stories. Hey, you know what? He wrote two more movies than me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. Like, exactly. <laughs> so I wish I could write two put, shitty movies, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do wonder, like he, when I was reading about the making of the film, it, what they said it was inspired by a real guy. Imagine it's. The guy from Lean On Me. Has to be Joe um, Clark, because he's the only one who has a bat that walks around the school. <laughs> yes. Was he a drill sergeant? Yeah, he was. He was a drill yeah. sergeant, and he said, I have to clean it. I mean, just like any uh, stereotypical drill sergeant would do, we're going to clean this up. You know, that type of thing. It's funny, because Louis Costa Jr. played a drill sergeant. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty weird. Officer and gentleman. They sort of got... This is one of those things, like, like well, you know, th- like we said, this stars Jim Belushi as the prince, as the titular principal, uh, Rick Latimer, but mm-hmm. and Louis Gossett Jr. is Jake, the I guess head of security. I mean, I was going to get to that. I can't understand what Louis Gossett Jr. is saying. I will wound it at least five times. He said, "Yeah, I'm um, Jake Latimer." Like, what He's, the fuck? <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr. is the first first mumblecore actor. Yeah, exactly. That. Um. But I, I, I kind of wish the roles were reversed. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish Louis Gossett Jr. was the principal. I mean, he plays a better badass, and he talks, you know, has that. He has that appearance, almost like Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. He's kind of a more low-key. Mm-hmm. Not low-key, exactly. but low-key. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. He's a demon. <laughs> he's a demon. He's, he's, a de- he's a demon and officer and gentleman, man. Holy shit. Exactly. Um, but this was like Jim Belushi. What a weird career! <laughs> man, why did they make him a lead? Who was like, man, my God, that Jim Belushi? He's just so fucking sexy. Put him in fucking odds. <laughs> he's he's the man right now. He's the leading man today. You know, you know, do you know how bad a a a, a, a middle aged guy in a suit has to look for me not to like him? Pretty bad. Um, <laughs> that's Jim Belushi. Jim that's Belushi, you know John Belushi's brother, right? He's he and. John Belushi died, and I guess everyone's like, well, we got another one. Um, you know, he was a butt of everybody's joke back in the 80s, too. And it was yeah. Like, everybody knew that he was the, he's not going to you know, take the you know reins that John, John had. It was just impossible. But, I mean, yeah. he, he did what he, I mean, they put him in a lot of movies, to be honest. Like, I, I saw him a lot. Well, he was in, he was in Thief in, like, in the early 80s. Um, okay. With the, the Michael Mann movie, which is a, gr- a great movie. Really? And then he was in... Uh, SNL and got fired. 
Um, he <laughs> yeah, was in SNL that. when Lauren Michaels wasn't there. Ah, kind okay. of those seasons no one talks about. Uh, like yeah, the, yeah. Those are the seasons that have like Anthony Michael Hall and uh, yeah. like Charles Rocket. Charles Rocket got fired for saying uh, fuck in the, on air. Um, really? Yeah, and then he killed himself. Anyway, um, yeah, dark story. But he was in Salvador in 86 and he did really good in that. People liked that movie. And I was like, let's make Zim Belusi a leading man. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, whatever works. I mean, uh, you know, I see a couple of these. Uh, Red Heat was, I remember that being pretty good. Was that, was that with Schwarzenegger? Oh, no. I've never, yeah, that's what, I've never seen Red Heat. That's one of the only Walter Hill films I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, I, I remember that being, being okay. And K9, uh, of course, and the K9 sequels. Mm-hmm. Which was, yeah, K9 was big. Yeah, K9 was big. K9 and Turner and Hooch, man. Yeah, there you go. Turner Hooch was nice, though. All cops are bastards, but all dog cops. <laughs> okay. They're cute. The big one I remember from this time was a movie called Taking Care of Business. My my dad loved that movie. Really? Uh, yeah, Arthur Hiller. That's an Arthur Hiller movie. Arthur Hiller did um, Silver Streak, which is a great movie. I and think I remember Silver Streak. Yeah. That's the one in the train with Richard Pryor and Gene, Gene Yeah, Robert. there you go. Yes, mm-hmm. great movie. I did an episode mm-hmm. about that one. But this is about a... Like taking care of business is about a like a, a a small time crook who is in a minimum security prison, but wins tickets to the World Series and escapes from prison to go to the game, and has to hide from the fact that he's escaped from prison and he steals the identity of Charles Grodin. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, it's not bad. It has Mako, the the, the Japanese actor who was in Conan, okay. and uh, Hector Ilan Ilan Zando. I forgot how to say his name. And I, I, I watched that, that yeah. movie like eight million times as a kid. I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> really? But Probably I feel like my, my, my dad liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like Belushi's career kind of like after Curly Sue, which is a nightmare of a film. He, uh, yeah, I remember Curly Sue. He he kind of just slummed it through the nineties and then did that TV show. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then then he was like. That's what's so funny when about according to Jim, uh, like he was a household name and nobody like made fun of him anymore. But maybe just people forgot, or you know, <laughs> that kind of joke was just kind of died out. But he was like a respected guy at that point. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, I don't. I mean, it, it, there is the level of celebrity where the used to be famous movie star goes to TV, mm-hmm. right? Like Mad About You. That one Mad guy. About I, You. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, I guess. I, I'm. Tr- I can't think of any other ones. Like, I feel like Reba McIntyre wanted to be in movies and then went to TV. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. People, stuff like that. It's like, they, or Jennifer Grey on that one sitcom that lasted one season. You know, a lot of the, or Jamie Lee Curtis had a sitcom. Uh, Gina, Davis, Gina Davis had a sitcom. Okay. You know, after they can't, after they're kind of, you know, in, in the lulls of their career. And it's like being a failed movie star in the world of TV is. It's, you're still bigger on TV. Like, you know, mm-hmm. for TV, you're big, I guess. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Who's never had his own sitcom, unfortunately, is Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I could, well, you know what? Louis Gossett Jr. could play the stereotypical dad easily. 
you know, the hard ass or something like that, or just like the sergeant, like on, on a different world, he could be like the drill sergeant there if he was to be in like a, uh, you know, a show like that. But he could have yeah, got I, Sinbad's role in different world. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Possibly. But, you, uh, said, he, he, you said you've seen all of his films. I saw Officer and Gentleman, uh, uh-huh. Jaws 3D. I saw at the theater with the 3D glasses. Oh, I remember I'm that. Jealous. Yeah, man, I remember that clearly. I, I think I had an intermission actually too, uh, but I, wow. I'll never forget that. That was, I mean, the 3D effects were like terrible. <laughs> what twenty percent? But yeah, it was it was an experience though. Uh, Enemy Mind, come on now. Enemy Mind is just mm-hmm. I love that movie. Uh, the Iron Eagle. <laughs> I want to go watch that now because we're talking about it. Firewalker. <laughs> I slightly, I can't, I can't think of what it is. I know I saw, it, but I just can't think of uh, what that it was. A ch- that's like a Chuck Norris ripoff of Temple of Doom. Okay, in, in, okay. Indiana Jones, and I'd never seen it. Uh, I remember the poster because at the video store, but that's kind of like near the end of like the principles. Kind of when he kind of dries up as being in big films. Mm-hmm, I feel exactly like he's in Toy Soldiers after this and Digstown okay. and Blue Chips, but in really small roles. For the Digstown, yeah, no, but that's a ba- that movie bombed. Yeah, he um, fell off after that. Yeah, yeah. it was just kind of like whatever but, you can, know can give me money. Yeah, but before you know, before that, he was in all kinds of stuff, and mm-hmm. he 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 was in Roots because of course he was. <laughs> because what black actor wasn't in Roots? At that point I'm glad time. you said that. I was thinking it. Um, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm not. No, like when I, whenever I research a movie from the late seventies to early nineties, and if I had a black actor who was yep. alive in nineteen seventy-seven, <laughs> it's like it was almost like like a mail-in. Here's your roots call, so you'll be you, here in if, August. If you couldn't make roots, you in color purple. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's also in a movie I love, The Deep, which is another Peter Benchley. It's the movie that they made after Jaws by P- another based on a Peter Benchley book. And I think I had, remember the deep. Yeah. It has Robert Shaw and it has Jacqueline Bassett swimming in a, in a white t-shirt with no bra on. Oh, why not? Is, okay, sounds good. Yeah, well, I can, I can, yeah, you know. And Nick Nolte. That's a great movie. I recommend that one. But I okay. love, when I was a kid, I loved Lil Cuts Jr. He's in that terrible Punisher film. Which one? The first one? <laughs> the initial one? The 1989 Punisher. Yeah, Dolph. yeah. I, you know, I used to like that. That's another movie that, like, the principal I used to like. And then if I go back now, it's probably like, oh, cringe factor is at a hundred percent. So I have to see it again, though. I had I had a cardboard standee of Dolph Lundgren in my room. Oh my god, man! I, I bet you had a ton of dope stuff. You know, like a uh, just a bunch of swags from the video store, dude. I'm, I'm, Not I'm jealous that much. Of that. And, you know, I do wonder if my dad wondered why I had a life size cutter of Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> Clues, you know what huh? I mean? Oh, yeah, funny that. It's like, no, Dad, I like The Punisher. Um, that's a bad movie. <laughs> I have to see it again, man. It's, you don't have to see it again. It's bad. Okay, well, never mind, man. I, I cut it out of my it's list. It's a bad movie. I always, feel, I always feel bad that Louis Costa Jr. couldn't have carried his career a bit better, you know, because yeah. he's good in everything. Yeah, exactly. And he can't even, yeah. like, really do a commercial now. There's, like, nothing to reference him from, maybe except for, like, Officer and Gentleman. I don't know. Dude is 85 years old. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, Maybe. so is uh, James Earl Jones. He was in he was in Coming to America too. So why not? James Earl Jones is older than that. <laughs> James Earl Jones is like three hundred, I think. <laughs> I think James Earl Jones is in his nineties. Oh, okay, cool. he is ninety years old. Possibly, he may be eternal. Who knows? Yeah, black don't crack, right? <laughs> you know it. <sighs> I'm sorry, but it's, I mean, look at him. He does not look ninety. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he, he doesn't I mean, look ninety. 
Voice was still the same and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I'm lucky enough to be 90, I'll just be a pile of sagging skin. Like, (laughs) exactly. It's it's a bummer. Uh, But this movie has a lot of people like who I wish their careers would have done gone better. Like, not just him, but also Ray Dong Chong. Yeah, I always wonder what happened to her because she kind of just like fell off completely, fall like fell off the earth. But she 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 was huge in the 80s. And yeah, like, she had a lot of big movies back to back to back that weren't like big hits, but she was in them. And like mm-hmm. she was in uh, Beat Street, which is a kind of big. Oh, she's in Quest of Fire. Quest of Fire is a caveman movie. Um, ah, uh, okay. With uh, Ron Perlman, it's funny. It's a, it's a movie about cavemen, like Neanderthal men, and it has Ron Perlman in it. No makeup, just you know. <laughs> Just Him and the I guy he, from uh, what's that movie with the the hills have uh, eyes? Yeah, well, they, they no, both no, 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 not, not not that dude, not that dude. <laughs> I know you, talk, I know Ron Perlman, but I'm saying him and Ron Perlman, they don't need makeup. They can be monsters just well, by that, being. That hey, dude has like up? birth defects. Ooh, sorry guys, I didn't. No, it's a, well, no, no, no. He talks about like his his mom. I think his I forgot that guy's name. His mom abused prescription drugs when she was pregnant. Really. And, that's so terrible. he's like he he he's a genius. He's like a, a genius IQ, but he has that weird shaped head, and he has no body hair, no hair, no eyebrows, and no na- no fingernails. That dude is a really nice guy too. I've seen like an interview with him, and like yeah, he's, he's super really nice cool. guy. Mom Pullman seems cool too. <laughs> that's just you know, not traditionally handsome, but and now uh, we've redeemed ourselves for <laughs> speaking of yeah, other physical. Yeah, bad. I'm, I'm a bad. I'm a bad person. Um, <laughs> but she wasn't. I think most people first saw Ray Dong Trong in Commando. Yeah, I know. Uh, Commando, Commando. I love it. <laughs> Matrix, John. Exactly. Um, she's so annoying in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you may call her annoying. Some people call it cute. I mean, did you think she was hot when when you were younger? As a child, the answer is Y E S. Yeah, I would. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, she she's she's a babe. Um, we didn't have much, you know, back then. You know, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, it was just like. You know, Radon Chong. There you go. Yeah, Radon Chong, and she was in color purple. She was too mm-hmm. too too young to be in Roots, but mm-hmm. <laughs> not yet. You could have been here, but just a little too young. Yeah, just a little too late. And then she was in Soul Man. <laughs> oh, so about Soul. You know, you know, we used to respect that movie in the black community, and we didn't what have was, any no, problems. No, you when did that not. Came out. No, you did I not. Promise, we used to watch that movie over and over and die laughing. And it's like I look at it now and it's like wow what were we on but like we used to love that we used to quote it like the family used to quote it soul man was like you were down with us soul man uh i i, I know saw it's hard soul, to believe <laughs> i saw soul man when it came out like when i was a kid and i didn't get like the whole like hey he's in blackface um <laughs> i didn't see it at the time hey he he they met they got married oh really like Radong Chong and C. Thomas Howell married for like a year, but hmm. um, they got married. I think Soul Man is another film that's like that movie wants to say something important about race, mm-hmm. but it's it made did. by people who do not have the capacity to, make, to do that. <laughs> exactly. They tried um, their best, but they failed miserably. The director of Friday the 13th Part 2 okay. maybe is not the best person to talk about race in America in the 80s. The creator of The Wonder Years. Yeah. Okay. You know, I don't know. I I haven't seen Soul Man in a long time. Maybe it's good. I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I want to go back to it and just see it again though. At one time, I saw that like the trailer for it, and it was like, oh, 
Ooh. This is different than I remember. <laughs> and it has the cover of the song by Lou Reed, which is just weird. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Ray Dong Chong, just like Louis Gata Jr., kind of after this film. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. This is poison to their careers. Poison to career. She's in the Tales from the Dark Side movie, which is okay. Mm-hmm. She's in the live action Crying Freeman movie. Really? Are you serious? I didn't know I that. Swear to God, she's in that, which I should probably watch because I love that anime. I'm Cry sure Freeman is terrible. dope. Yeah. And right now she's doing okay. She's in a show on FX called Impeachment about the Clinton impeachment. And that sounds about right. So she she has like a not a major role in that, but a pretty big role. So you know she's one of those people who whenever I see her around, I'm like, yeah, Ray Dong Chong, keep acting. Does she still have the curly hair? I I haven't seen her in that, so I don't know. Um, okay, but I'm always been a fan, you know. And she's like 60 years old. I mean, come on, get some. <laughs> going back to the, the, the my recurring problem with Hollywood is like once women hit 40, they don't have careers, and yeah. once a black woman hits 40. Or a woman You're of done. color, because mm-hmm. she's a, uh, I, I don't, I, you know, she is part. What is she? She's, she's Tommy Chong's well, daughter. Korean, I think. No, 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 Tommy Chong is Korean. Chinese. Chinese, okay. She's part Chinese, Irish, Black Canadian, and Cherokee. There you go. So yeah, I calling up this. He's pers- person of color. I should be. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, but, I accept your yeah, apology. We accept woman your of, apology. Woman of, you know, woman of color in Hollywood can't get good roles. After you know. When they're young and when they get old, not even even less. So I hear you. Yeah, but I think she's great in this movie. Yeah, she she's plays cool. Miss Orozco, the the uh, the hot teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I mean doesn't yeah. have much to do, unfortunately. But yeah, she's good. I do I don't even love classy talk. Yeah, I think it's history because they're talking about World so. War One. I, I guess the so. easiest thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but also she wants she wants journal pages. Mm-hmm. So like that's 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 like an English school. English teacher thing? I don't know. You know, she yeah. teaches she teaches movie movie class. Like she's <laughs> yeah, movie cl- movie class stuff. A lot of other good people in this movie, like in smaller roles, uh, the bad guy, the, the evil Victor, um, played by Michael Wright, who was in V, and yeah. I think his biggest thing is Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill. I, I loved him in Sugar Hill. I actually loved that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, you know, I saw it at the theater, and I thought he like killed it on Sugar Hill. He was like a, a great bad guy, and I, you know, he always plays the kind of the same kind of like seedy kind of guy. I guess it's because of how he looks too. He kind of looks like going back to the you know the Google thirteen. He reminds me of Snake. <laughs> Remember the uh, dude in the purple uh, onesie? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has like the same look, just like the black version of him. So does like, he always have learn. that terrible haircut? Oh my God, that dried up Jerry Curl is just not working. I mean, I don't know. He always has some kind of weird haircut, but I, I know in um, Sugar Hill he had a, a funny haircut too. Is yeah. is that the, is that a dried up Jerry Curl or are those dreads that didn't make it? It looks like it wanted to be dreads, but it was like an afro that just you know t- took too long to stay as an afro, so it started to become dreads. So I don't there's know. that one guy in this film who has like the wettest Jerry Curl. <laughs> the dude in the blue tank top. The dude, <laughs> the, the, the dude uh, he has a wet Jerry Curl and a mustache. 
it's yeah, like he's, he's the, the last guy guys. from he's the last guy from the seventies. Like yeah, he the, is soul glow supreme. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why um, Victor's Jerry Curl is so bad. Like the other guy just he absorbed it. He's like he stole um, it. Yeah, yeah, he's like Rogue from X Men. Can never tr- trust your right hand man. He's still all your Jerry Curl uh, activator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's called activator. That's what it's called. I, I, I use yeah, it a lot I, myself. Okay, I would not know. <laughs> Should try sometime, James. Yeah, yeah. In Japan, I'll go find. Some... <laughs> <laughs> the, there's like off topic. There is like one store in Tokyo. If if you are looking for black Hellcat products, um, really, Ooh, yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah. They, hey, they oh, do well. good for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's a, a huge mail order business to go out there. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine, but not a lot of other huge names here. Um, anyone stand out to you? I don't know anything about J.J. Cohen. Uh, yeah, I've he's White Zach, which is a great name, great character name. I do know about uh, Isai Morale. Isai I, Morale. I, yeah. So he's in Ozark, I believe, which is a popular show now. Okay. And I've, I've, I've seen him a lot. You know, I see his and, face. And he is going to be in the next um, two Missing Impossible films as the bad guy. Yeah, the, he's like the lead bad guy in that. That's pretty yeah. crazy. And okay. uh, not not I, I'm I'm coming off bad here, but like the, he aged well. <laughs> well, I mean, you use the term Silver Fox, then oh. I looked him up immediately, and I'm like, okay, there you go. I mean, I can appreciate that. That's fine. You know, I'm sorry. I'm, hey, you know, well, you're fine. Be, I, be honest, but no, he. Yeah, he 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 has a really small role in this. He's a uh, Raimi who doesn't really do much. He's just kind of like one of the good kids, mm-hmm. you know. Him and Arturo, who is mm-hmm. the little good, the little good kid. Yeah, played by Jacob Vargas. Jacob Vargas is a Mister Inglacius now on Netflix. Really? And, okay. And a few other shows. He's one. Of, he's like a lot of the guys in this. Like you don't recognize him, but don't worry, they've all been in eight million TV shows. Exactly. So, CSI all, had to be one time in uh, that other one, Law and yeah, Order. They, they all had to get by. And then um, the other one, the only two of them were actually teenagers making this movie. Like uh, Victor, uh, Michael Wright and Jim Belushi were almost the same age. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> it, it's just like, you know, that's another thing. I want, it's like a side anecdote I wanted to make. Uh, you know, when I went to high school, I was so surprised because I was like, man, everybody here looks so young. But, you know, I grew up with the 80s and everybody in high school was like 30 and up, you know. Like, like John Travolta, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they were all so old. And it's like, you know, seeing him in here, it's like, he doesn't belong in high school. But I didn't know that as a kid, you know. I was yeah. like scared. But the only one who actually kids is Art, uh, Jacob Vargas playing a turtle. But he's like 17. He's a, he's a short. And mm-hmm. um, Troy Winbush, who plays Emil, who's probably one of the more interesting characters in the film. Yeah, um, yeah. The big dude. And mm-hmm. he stills around. He's in he was in the Goldbergs. Oh, really? Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, he's been on uh like different law and orders like every actor. He's in some show nice. called there The Wilds. Go. So, you know, he's a working actor. So, mm-hmm. good for him. I think he's really good in this. I think he like I said he's the, one of the more interesting characters. He's pretty good. Yeah. The gang member who turns good. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll get to why I like that character so much. But I there's one more person I want to mention, uh, Kelly Jo Minter. Yeah, her, Kelly Jo Minter, I tell you. Uh, it's a shame. She, 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 it looks like she should have been like a little bit more than she was. Uh, but like, yeah, she was kind of a stereotypical like actor. Like, like I, you know, <laughs> she played a crackhead twice. That was her claim to yeah. fame. But, uh, yeah, but I remember from Night, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 uh, and like, you know, 
that swimming pool scene. Like everybody remembered when she got on top of that, uh, the diving board and jumped off and it was like kind of terrifying, but sexy at the same time. <laughs> uh, in season people under the stairs, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has a small role in lost boys. So, uh, and she's in popcorn. So if like, if she wanted to do the horror movie, the horror movie convention circuit side, uh, I'm sure. Did you see popcorn? I saw that. I saw popcorn when it was new. Really? Okay. I, I always saw that cover and it like scared the hell out of me. Popcorn's it, like, a good movie. Popcorn's a horror movie that is kind of uh kind of an early version of Scream. It very really? self self referential. Huh. Uh kind of like a lot of the kills are inspired by horror movies. It also has E.T.'s mom, D. Wallace. Okay. And and uh my favorite person in the world, uh Way Walston. Way Walston okay. is my favorite Martian. Um, I, I have to see him. Uh, I got to get a face of like a face of, and I see what he was he in looks picket like fences. Now. He was in. Um, I know him from Doris Day films, so I'm. You know, I don't think. He <laughs> well, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but no, he's he. That's that's a good movie. That's might be that's to be one I add to this pod the movie list. Of my podcast. That, that that's a gooder. That's a gooder. I want to listen to it. Yeah, I want to hear about that one. But uh, before we get to the movie, a little bit about how it was made, because I thought it was interesting. They actually filmed it in an abandoned school. Yeah, uh, that was really interesting. In Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you you made a note that the graffiti was stupid, but that was real graffiti. No way. Not all. That couldn't. I, now I'm disappointed. I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> they hired I, They hired local. Like, oh. here's the craziest thing about that movie. So they hired gang members to be in the movie. Okay, um, I can see a that. Lot of, this is a lot of the extras were 28th Avenue Locos, which is a Chicano okay. gang, and they hired Hell's Angels as security. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> That's what the fuck? Didn't they see Gimme Selter? Like, don't they know what happens if you hire Hell's Angels? Exactly. I can't believe that. I feel yeah, like that was that pretty not, nuts, though. That would not happen now. No, not at that, all. Yeah, that is in unless they were like forced into doing, it. <laughs> you know, like they had their hand forced. It. Yeah, you you kind of need security out here. We can do that for you. Like okay, we can, we'll, yeah, we'll do that. And if you need speed, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of blew my mind. And yeah, just going back to the graffiti because I write graffiti and it was just like, like one just said cocaine and then another one was like, <laughs> who would write cocaine? And then someone was like, you know, it was like. Andy was here, like some like like bullshit. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know there was one guy though. It was R E K, and I kept seeing his like everywhere. Like he like made it known to so put he his tagged this stuff. Shit. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, he's smarter than than Cocaine Man. Although <laughs> Cocaine. If I was a graffiti artist, my tag would just be Cocaine. Not at all, and Coca- written like no, that co- too. It was like a child. <laughs> well, you know, well, he probably was fourteen. If you're tagging the word Cocaine, I'm gonna bet you haven't done Cocaine. Exactly. Because <laughs> if you've done cocaine, you're going to spend less time tagging shit and more time trying to get more cocaine. More cocaine. Exactly. <laughs> but Belushi took this role because he wanted to prove he could do more than comedy. And this is the most saddest thing. He identified with the character. 
Yeah. So, so let's talk about, about this that. film. Let's talk about this film. So Rick Latimer is the protagonist. Describe Rick. How do we first see Rick Latimer? We so uh, we first see Rick Latimer. <laughs> the movie starts <laughs> with a. It was like, you know, this dude is all about kicking ass. This, this is an ass-kicking movie. You saw it from the yeah. VHS cover that he has a bat and he has a black security guard to back him up if he doesn't have the ability <laughs> to kick ass. He'll kick your ass for you. But, uh, yeah, dude, he's like, I guess you think he's, oh, he's, he's supposed to be down on his luck, but, like, he's at a bar drinking with his friends. And what game do they play again? <laughs> In another scene, I think maybe not that scene, but there was oh, a bar the scene with two guys. Two guys are playing rock paper scissors at the bar. Like, the most manly game you could ever play: rock paper when, scissors. And, and they're doing the kind where the loser gets punched in the arm. But I feel like is that what Christopher Kane, Mister South Dakota, thought I, of of uh, bars? But <laughs> it's so I silly. Guess so it, it is. It is. It's a pretty hardcore bar because uh, Latimer takes a flaming shot mm-hmm. and. Then he sees his ex-wife walk in with her divorce lawyer. So that was what was kind of unexplained. Uh, it didn't say like she cheated on him or anything like that. It was like she kind of just moved on, and rightfully so. Yeah, Move because away what does from he this do? Fucking what does asshole. He do? Yeah, <laughs> he, he. This dude, he doesn't even know. Like he's the dude is a great guy. He's just walking in with you know his new love. I'm sure that he found her, and he's like, oh, this is a nice lady. Crazy ass Rick Latimer goes out and takes the bat from the bar, which is not his, of course. Takes yeah. the bat and bashes the dude's Porsche just because, because yeah. he's angry. Because he couldn't bash him, he wanted to bash him. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know what kind of consequence he would get after that, because apparently, well, we'll get into that. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, that's the that, that's the character that Belushi. <laughs> identify with Belushi had some run-ins with the law at this time he mm-hmm. was arrested he was charged with assault not minor really? not nothing this bad okay. and he had some drinking problems um and he had drinking and smoking and eating problems and he said he quit drinking but he some he but he said you have to eat <laughs> and now you so, know what's funny he Speaking lost a ton of, of weight yeah I was gonna say he looked like really fit in this movie and I'm I was kind of surprised because I was like I kind of remember him as being like kind of a tubby like you know dad body kind of guy yeah but he was kind of fit in this movie yeah he's fit in this but I I do kind of get where he's coming from because like I'm I've had bad I you know I've had a bad year and mm. I could say I'm three bad decisions away from getting a baseball bat and doing something stupid Oh, I know what you mean yeah, I'm, yeah. don't get me wrong yeah I'm, I'm really pissed at society like every day so I know yeah, what you mean. And just, bad personal stuff too so like Mm -hmm. but yeah he doesn't get fired for this he doesn't go to prison (laughs) instead he goes to school peeps kind of peeps is he peeping on his students because he's not really looking at anything he's just kind of looking he is peeping at the students let's not not cut corners with binoculars binoculars. in front of the entire class like why does your teacher have binoculars (laughs) could you imagine just sitting in school and then your teacher is looking at the class with binoculars i don't know maybe it's i had a creepier teacher once so maybe i just (laughs) okay that's fine yeah so he he's called into a meeting and the superintendent like Gives him a promotion to be punchable. <laughs> <laughs> this is your punishment. A better job. What? <laughs> I have to be principal? Shucks. So so I live in Japan, as I said. And 
have, do you have, are you familiar? Like America in America, people can just get fired like nothing, right? Like yeah, you know, easily, especially now, especially now. Mm-hmm. But there's the concept of failing upwards. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like um, the uh, guy who made the Game Boy Gunpoy, Gunpei Yokoi. I heard he got put in like to a room. Mm-hmm. And like couldn't do anything because you know he failed with the virtual boy. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, you know. Uh, well, sad. a better example in Japan would be you're a shithead in to- you're a shithead in a Tokyo office that nobody likes. Congratulations, you're a manager in Hokkaido. Okay. <laughs> the part no one wants. Hokkaido is freezing cold. So okay, they, that's like that's like being moved to Green Bay. Okay, I mean, yeah. Yeah, if you live in like Florida or something like that, so, yeah. Like imagine, imagine you're working in Florida and you're the worst employee there, and they make you a manager in Green Bay. Just a to either hope <laughs> either to make you quit or just get rid of you. So, hey, yeah. listen, <laughs> the background I come from, I mean, I don't know. I'll take the job in Hokkaido. <laughs> I mean, Hokkaido's nice, better than better than Oakland. So yeah, he goes yeah. to Oakland, and I I feel like you had a a real issue with when he first shows up in Oakland. So yeah, he comes in Oakland, and you know it's just like he drives through. And it's like everybody's looking at him like, oh my god, look at this guy, a white man on a motorcycle on a wow, Honda. we've never seen anything like this ever in our lives. As we sit on our steps and do weird ghetto things, I don't know. It was just weird. It was. I, it's just I a will, guy on a bike. <laughs> I, I have lived in terrible neighborhoods, and I have always mm-hmm. told people the sign of a bad neighborhood is really just people hanging out in the middle of the day. Yeah, really though. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what is what? It's two o'clock on it's two o'clock on Tuesday. What are you doing? Nothing. Just, you know, looking for empty houses. I don't know. <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's because I I lived, I lived in a really bad neighborhood in Toledo where mm-hmm. I got robbed in my house when I was home. Um, oh, really? Man, it's terrible. Yeah, at gunpoint. Um, <sighs> so like, I'm I'm from the streets. I'm not from the streets. I'm not. I lived there for two years. Um, but. <laughs> But, that's fine yeah he but at the first thing at the school immediately you see white zach <laughs> every time gets chased by a dope impala that impala was super raw nice purple impala yeah and he's climbing a fence the impala takes the fence down he's then being dragged by the impala instead of letting go of the fence <laughs> On his, he decided to hang on to the fence. Yeah, that's his <laughs> stupid idea. But White Zach, he makes really bad decisions anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, he lets himself be called White Zach. But he wears that like that uh, that net that fish net on top of his head too. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. It's like, huh? Why are you doing this, White Zach? <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not. Don't. Just don't. I don't know. And I still don't know like what the. The motive is, it's like, you know, because White Zack seems to be part, well, apparently he's part of another, like, full of, you know, those gang members of his side. I don't know. I have no idea what was well, going real, on. Well, a realistic thing here is that, the, that for the most part, the gangs are segregated. Yeah, that, definitely. That's pretty real. That's, like, yeah, yeah. you know. And so, like, he's in a white gang trying to move in on Victor. Victor's the main baddie, his territory, okay. and people mm-hmm. aren't having it. But I feel in real life, he would just get stabbed. <laughs> or shot. They have a gun. Uh, he might not even get. He might. You know, if they're a high school gang, he might not be killed. He might just get stabbed. Eh, true. And Maybe. this is like, well, yo, 
you learn your lesson. But Reg- like, regardless, Rick isn't scared of it. He Rick goes scared of it. right into Him, action. Yeah, runs in up there with White Zack, who like, yo, I would fight White Zack. Like White Zack looks looks like looks like a you know a chicken shit, but um, Emil's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely yeah, just like a yeah. big guy, not even like muscular, just a big giant guy. He's, and, he, and he's a kid, like that actor's like sixteen, and it's one of those dudes. Like you see him, and you're like, you're still a child, but you're huge. <laughs> exactly. Like and and this, like not all not all fat, not all muscle, like you said, but just big. And yeah. this breaks up that fight. Wants to get him expelled, but you can't expel people from Brandel. No, it doesn't work. And uh, I mean, you know, that comes to play immediately when he goes inside the school, and they, even though he was almost stabbed with a switchblade, which yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. on campus has. You know, it's just like, no, just put these kids back in the class. Yeah. Lewis Gossett Jr. shows up, says, look, white boy, you're not. I mean, it's stupid, but they do have kind of like the cops have like the cops won't come now. Right. They made they um they actually explained that. Yeah. They the said they are uh, things to do. Exactly. That was the <laughs> I think that was the, the, the phrase. <laughs> yeah. And not entirely. I mean, you know, not entirely wrong. Did you have cops in your school? Uh, we did after I left because there no. was a shooting. So yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. we had cops in my school. A cop pulled me off somebody once. Oh, really? Yeah. Like somebody. Uh, yeah. Some. <laughs> he was the most '90s fight ever. So, <laughs> somebody stole my Trapper Keeper. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> with my Savage <laughs> Dragon comics in it, and so I took my bag of Cheetos and slammed it in its head. One more 90s reference, please. One more 90s reference. And um, then I went to go tell like the teacher and, and what happened. And then I turned around and the kid who was like super short tried to punch me in the face. But I'm at the time I was still six foot six. And they tested you at six foot six. Well, I think the thing was also like I was this let's be honest kind of fay nerd. <laughs> okay. And I think a lot of kids bullied me from elementary school. I hear you. And it's like the thing where you keep you keep the elephant on the same rope because the elephant doesn't know he can break it when he's older. Gotcha. And I was like, I didn't realize, oh wait, I'm bigger than everyone here. And when I did <laughs> after that that after that day, no one ever messed with me ever again. Because exactly. they're like, oh, James wants to kill us now. And he can't. <laughs> um so I, that that laid off. But yeah, a cop pulled me off the kid. So yeah, we had cops in my school. I this school needs cops. I well, I don't think they need cops, because you know, cops, but cops and parents. Some. It needs parents. Where are the pa- yeah? Where are the parents in this? Like, is that a point the movie's trying no. to make? The parents aren't around. I don't know, but there are. There is not one parent to be seen in this entire movie. Not one that even says, "Boy, get your ass out there and stop," you know, playing around in the school. Yeah, yeah. Literally, not even a sassy was, mama. Yeah, well, the only parent we have is the student who's a parent. Literally. Oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, Ter- Teresa or whatever her name is Trina. Trina? I think her name. Yeah, yeah, that was her yeah, name. Trina selling drugs for Victor in the ladies' room, the most organized school drug dealer ever. <laughs> exactly. She had a table. She might as well had signs. It was you know like uh, weed right here, rolled up like, weed like uh, cigarettes. Dude, like the dude I knew in college who got busted at a at a fish concert because he was selling weed and he had a wearing a Dr. Seuss hat with a weed sticker on it. Nice. <laughs> Dumbass. So obvious, exactly. Um, did your school? So your school had drug dealers? Oh yeah, I knew. I knew tons of drug dealers. <laughs> I didn't like, yeah. know any dealers. I knew kids who bought yeah. it, but I never yeah. knew who the dealers were. But like, 
I knew all. I I first was exposed to marijuana. So I've still never smoked weed in my entire life. But I haven't smoked it either. Yeah. Yeah, but I've seen tons of it. I have never seen the joint. Really? Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen, seen more blunts than joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely blunts though. Yeah, I, I, joints seems sort of like a '70s type of thing, or like you know early '80s type of thing. But yeah, yeah I, I always see blunt, especially like in the '90s. Blunts were just like the thing. Dre, yeah. but mm-hmm. like she's selling, she is selling pre-rolled joints. Oh my god, lined up perfectly too. Like, up, you know, I thought it was cocaine, but no, it's pre-rolled joints. Like that is hilarious. Like literally, like it's okay to do this. Like, nobody like, cares. But no, and no drug dealer is gonna make a pre-rolled joint. Like, listen, the, here's the thing, right here. Who leaves the fucking drugs on the table? Why don't you just steal them and leave? Like, who's gonna sit there, like, respectfully buy them? Well, maybe they know that Victor's drugs. Uh, I guess, and, and they're scared Victor will gut, will cut them or something. Or I know, guess we're reaching here. Maybe <laughs> give him a rash. Maybe they'll he'll rub his uh hair on the head and give him a rash. <laughs> I don't know exactly right. God, that haircut! Like I, I'm I'm glad in your notes you said dry Jerry curl because I don't have I don't have the 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 facilities to really say what that haircut is. I understand, but, but yeah, he always looks. You know, he always has a bad haircut. I do want to go back to one thing about Rick. Um. You know, when he comes back from his apartment, the thing that's so so funny about Rick, um, like they make, they try to make the viewer feel like he, you're supposed to feel sorry for him or like he's having this like <sighs> terrible, sad life. I mean, he's making a good living. He lives in a really nice neighborhood. He makes stupid decisions. Yeah. Like, well, I think the movie wants you to know that too. Okay. Because he, he mixes uh, Coke with chocolate milk. Was that Slim no, Fast? That is that is like one of those Slim Fast type things. Yeah. Now oh God, I so feel dumb. like that was a trope in the eighties of like okay. the cop who just puts food in a blender. Like Cobra does that. <laughs> or Cobra Cobra cuts pizza with a, with scissors. I think. Like right. in the Stallone movie. Like I know I've seen the the that that stereotype of the cop just eating something disgusting in the morning because their life That's is garbage and they have no woman to help take care of them. That is so stupid. <laughs> like, you it's can, dumb. you can, you can mentally, you know, still buy a pop tart. <laughs> yeah, something easy. I mean, like his frig- refrigerator was empty. Like, why is your refrigerator empty? You make enough money. You had a really good school. I don't know. Anyway, now I, so I, if I was, if I was single, that would be my refrigerator because I am a terrible, terrible cook. But I would hey, not. Maybe do I'm that. wrong then. <laughs> maybe I do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I had a friend look at my refrigerator once when before I had before I had my boyfriend. My, my friend was like, "You have the straightest refrigerator in the world." Really? My refrigerator was just was just alcohol, and Coke, and like toppings. Gotcha. <laughs> toppings. Okay. Gotcha. And ketchup and mustard. But I Jalapeno. I do like later on he mixes the slim fast with beer. Yeah, no, that, I mean, and it's, it's like you said, it's a trope. Yeah, it's a trope. And oh, I, I I feel like they're making fun of him a little bit. Like he's guy's an idiot. Yeah, so uh, you didn't like the music, huh? You didn't like what we provided you with our great tunage, huh? Oh, God, Jay. So this dude's name is Jay Gruska. Okay, and so there are 
there were a couple other songs in this. Really quickly, in the garage later, you hear Django mm-hmm. on the stereo. Django, Django, ah, 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 Yeah, yeah. And that's by Jellybean Benitez, who was Madonna's producer. Um, okay. I, I know that song. But this dude, Jay Gruska, is a theme com- song composer, okay? Mm-hmm. He did the music for 30-something. Um, okay. Uh, the uh, Saved by the Bell TV movie. Um, really? 90210. Um, Charmed. Supernatural. And going to back to Dean Kane, Lois and Clark. Oh, really? Oh, there we go. Full circle. And I would say his biggest song as a songwriter, looking at his Wikipedia page anyway, is probably... Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming by Jermaine Jackson. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. No, no, it's not a a hit. I was going to say. Or he did write a a number one song for Juice Newton. Um, You know who Juice Newton is? Juice Newton did the most famous version of Angel of the Morning. Just call me Angel of the Morning. Anyway. Oh, okay. um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know that song. And he also wrote for Amy Grant. Amy Grant was a Christian songwriter, Christian singer, and she had that song, um, like, uh, what was that terrible song? Baby, baby. Like, baby, baby. Anyway. um, Okay. So, yeah, bad music. Jake, do you like the songs in this movie? <laughs> I, the thing is, I like terrible things. Uh, I, I go to that site, everything is terrible. I, it's just funny to me. It's, you know, it's so bad that it's, you know, good. And it's, you know, uh. it's that same kind of music with the sense and the reverb and that, like, snare that has a ton of reverb on it. That then you have snare that sax. sound. That snare sound when he first shows up to the school, that snare sound is like, that is terrible. That is an out of tune <laughs> snare that you'd hear on Metallica's, Metallica's Saint Anger. It is one of the worst snare sounds I've ever heard in I love oh. it. I love it. The, what, there is the one good song. Oh, you, you want to bring it up? Yeah. Set It Off by somebody called Strafe. I don't know the group, but I know that song. And then it's, I, I you know, I used, it's, I'm glad you, we brought this film up because I've heard that song in about over a couple decades. And I, but I used to sing it all the time, you know, set it off to the left. My and brother all. did too. <laughs> 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 but when I heard it, it was like, oh my God, this jams hard. Apparently that was sampled by Monica for Get It Off. And it was sampled by J Lo for Feeling So Good. Uh yeah. Lil John for I Like Them Girls. And 50 okay. Cent for Out of Control. So it's a gooder. That's a, that's an electro track. Like yeah, that's not yeah. even that's not even rap. That's electro. That's the West um, Coast too. Yeah, they used to love like, you know, that type of music in the West Coast. I love yeah. Electro. Yeah, so, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great song. To the left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> means nothing. Means nothing. Um Why looking not? at his Discogs page, he has Strafe have never released an album. I, I don't even know who that is. I've never heard Strafe before. Mean, his name uh, I've never heard of him either, but he's only released singles. Okay. It um, sounds like, you know, like Y Kid K and that type of music. Y Kid uh, K. Oh, who did who did um Tic Tac Toe? 
I don't even remember. I think okay. of the song. Um. Uh. Or um. Or like you know, Bambada, mm-hmm. or or even like some early like Houdini, Egyptian lover. Yeah, yeah. That like electro electro uh, hip hop. I I love that shit. Like Mantronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mantronics. Yep. Oh yeah. But that's the only. But that's the best montage too. But yep. Before the montages, Jake has so. I what is the, the turning point for him is when he, he was when he meets Emil, right? Because mm-hmm. Emil kind of puts him in his place. What does Emil tell him? Now, I was going to ask you. I, I can't remember the speech, but I remember, like, I remember what he said was pretty. Um, it, it was right on. It was spot on. Like, you know, he was this guy. Then it's like, you know, he has he's privileged and he's coming to this area. He doesn't appreciate what you know he has. And I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. You know, well, it's like, do you know where you are? You're at Brandel. Ain't you heard? But it said about this place, garbage never leaves the dump. <laughs> and that's a good line right there including you it's like we're all we're all we're basically saying we're all fuck up losers and so are you nice and you ain't, you, getting out of here. you ain't getting out of here either and that's i feel like a lot of the emil stuff is the more interesting stuff about race and mm-hmm. like because emil writes that little thing in his journal about wanting to be a pigeon yep a little montage how, he wants to get out of the like, and he has big dreams, but he gets mad because he know he can he know enough to make them, mm-hmm. and like that's a real point. That's like exactly. you, you teach you you know you 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 get people like Latimer here who's like you can do something with your life, and it's like motherfucker, society doesn't want me to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But after he gets put in his place by a meal, he has the scene that I guess makes you the most angry. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is that? Which one are we look at? The the assembly. Oh, the speech. Yeah. Now, again, I love terrible things, so <laughs> I have to like kind of okay. go off. I, I love listening to like back. I'll, I'll just sit there and rewind it and listen for the background sounds, like you know the mm. uh, I forget what they call it, like the the Motherf- video. Get off uh, my foot. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Hurry up! Get off my foot!" And then one guy just says, "This is just so funny." Dude. He says. You motherfucker! Somebody, somebody in ADR had fun. Exactly. It was like, what did that even mean? It was that was strange. Yeah, yeah. But that was funny though. And but then, why yeah, don't we, you like the scene? Like, what, what, what gets you? So, what happens here? It's just so stupid. It's just like <laughs> that's when he says his little dumb rule: uh, "No more." Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? No more what? Like, wh- what? Well, do you he stop? tells you, "No more pushing drugs." Yeah. No more sell. No more doing drugs. No more vandalism. No more whatever else you're majoring in. You know the thing is, it's like, but I mean, I understand. Like, you know, he's saying no more of that, but it's just like, what's the resolution? Is it just no more because I'll beat you? <laughs> it's just strange. It kind of seems to be the uh, insinuation there, because then he hires three big teachers to be security, <laughs> and then they just exactly that would be, the, the really fucked up thing is like, if I was a teacher there, they would he would grab me, and it's like exactly. I'm like, look, man, I'm six foot six, but I got a bad hip and I'm a wuss. So, but you look threatening. I, I mean, I, especially in Japan. I mean, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I can't do that shit. And, and they just start going through the halls to set it off and, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning up the school, right? And putting kids in the classrooms and, and, uh, pissing off Ray Dong Chong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't like the, the fact that he cleaned up the school. Spoiler alert, though, like, that's it. That's when the school changes. The school yeah. is better. Literally well, I, after that moment. 
there's an interesting thing. So we'll talk going back to uh, Lean On Me mm-hmm. and and that guy. That's the real story. Mm-hmm. He just kicked the kids out of the school. Yeah, yeah, true. And I would. that's not a solution. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe it he, makes he, the school better, but it doesn't help society. He um, came in. He apparently, you know, that's like a real story. He uh, expelled like things like three hundred people yeah, or something like that. Yeah, three hundred kids. Yeah, like, that's, that's not pretty helping. Crazy. That's not helping your neighborhood. No, no, yeah. But I mean, no. you know, that's that that way of thought back then too. It's just like you guys are ruining things, so no more. Yeah, so no <laughs> it's more. The same thing. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to go. Like, I think people should watch this movie. So I think we'll. Well, I don't want to do a scene by scene. Um, that's right. After that, but things escalate. Victor gets mad. Um, People start to get messed up, and then you know, the at the end we have basically the OK Corral. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like you no, know, it's. But you know what? Oddly enough, though, that's the part that I really love. That's one like that kept me. Uh, you know, I, when I would watch the movie, I would just you know wait for anticipation. You know how you just like kind of watch a movie and just let it play, and I just wanted that part to come. I love that you know that scene at the end. It, it, the setting is like they did it really good with the uh, the steam from the showers. Oh yeah, and then like yeah. them slamming the doors. Yeah, it's good set. And I like any movie like this where the bad guy and the good guy have a lot of scenes together, mm-hmm. like. Him and Victor get in each other's grill a, a lot, and I I do I do like that he does try to reach Victor once. Yep, he did. He said, yeah. uh, <laughs> "Oh, go ahead if you know." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'll you'll play basketball," and he's like, "I'll I'll you, I'll cut your hand off." Like, I got another one. Like, he's trying. That's so sweet. Well, it, I think it helps. It helps justify what happens later. Yeah, like he he gave him a chance. Like he doesn't, and you know I think that that's a good point to talk about some of the heavier stuff in this film. Like this, like we said, this is a white savior film mm-hmm. and like I'm a white boy. Um, and I grew up in the suburbs and watching this as a kid, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? I just saw it as an action movie. Honestly, I didn't see yeah. it as reality or anything. It was just, you know, you knew it was a movie. You knew that somebody was getting their ass kicked. But um, I especially in the eighties, it's just like that type of thing wasn't even talked about. Honestly, yeah, yeah. But what about watching it now? Like, does it does it does it make you cringe a little bit or like? I mean, it makes me because I, I watched it with my wife, and it was like you know we both laughed because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but. The thing is, though, uh, it's still entertaining. I cannot lie. It's it, I would I would watch it again after this because it's so goofy, and like Rick is so like off the wall, <laughs> just with his tactics. It's just like he's just a, a raging ball of testosterone, and just like you know, if he doesn't get his way, he beats it until he does. I feel that the fact that he's such a fuck up kind of helps too, because he's not some angel that comes in to fix everything. Like mm-hmm. he has, and I I do like that. Like the things with Emil really show that, like, look, Rick can do all he can do, but society is stacked against them. But we laughed though because he was just on his little motorbike. <laughs> yeah, he's such a badass. He just has to be on his motorbike talking to Emil. Yeah. Well, no, not a meal. A meal. That's a turtle. A turtle. I mean, a, a turtle. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's like on his motorbike, just driving past, and just like, you come yeah. on, I'll get you in shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it is like I like I watch it now, and I think it's all. I I love this movie, and I can identify that if it, in twenty twenty one you couldn't make this movie, 
No, you can. Yeah, of course. It, it's, It'd it's, have to be it, changes. You'd have to be. You'd have to change it because it's. It's so. It's just all tropes. Like even if you're not offended by it, it's just. Mm-hmm. It's all stereotypes. Like it is the most like, inner city school with people of color and enough token white people to make it not look that bad. <laughs> Exactly. It's and, it's laughab- laughably offensive. It's not like offensive where I want to go like boycott the movie. Yeah. It's just like and, it's not even offensive. I don't even want to say the word offensive because I'm not offended even slightly at yeah. this movie. It's so stupid. Yeah, that's like I don't like the word problematic, but I think it's a good word here because you're not offended by it, you're not upset by it, but you watch it and you're like, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I like to bring that up when I have that, you know, in this podcast, there's been a few episodes in a roll now with movies that are kind of like this, and it's like Mm-hmm. I think some people, especially kind of reactionary morons who probably only even listen to this in the first place, they mm-hmm. get really pissy when people like say like, "Oh, that old movie's racist" or "That old movie's like that." Like, that doesn't yeah. mean you can't like it. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of stuff from that time period that you know I still. I mean, we just talked about Soul Man. <laughs> I, so, mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't like Soul Man. But just because something has some issues doesn't mean it's like you can't enjoy it for what it is. And exactly. I love grindhouse flicks. I love B movies. I love. Mm-hmm. I love. A, I also like movies like this because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's really you, simple. You bring up I, in in your notes. You brought up things like he makes these kids fix his bike for free, and, and <laughs> it's just it. Kind it's eighties logic. And I don't think about that. I just think about, well, here's the good guy. There's the bad guy. Someone's going to beat up the bad guy. And the next day, the world's going to be a little bit better. Well, to be fair, you know, I I do run a question to character. And that's how I am in real life. I I look at all the nuances. Yeah. Yeah, question to character is very nuanced. Yes. Yeah. it's The thing about me is I love How long is the video on (laughs) Qbert? <laughs> exactly right. Go ahead. But what? I love absurdity. I love like ridiculousness, and I just look for like the the smallest things because the smallest things are usually the funniest parts. You know, like the fact that he fixed their bike for free. I mean, they, they yeah. fix his bike for free and give the dope the dope principle uh, mm-hmm. But really quick, really quick, two things I want to bring up. So sure, other movies like this. There's Dangerous Minds, which is a drama. You know, mm-hmm. that's that. And Lean on Me is a drama. Have you seen any of the substitute movies? So uh, it's funny. I was speaking to my friend about this because I was telling him I was, you know, I was doing a podcast on this movie, and I told him I was watching The Principal. He was like, "Oh yeah, The Substitute," and I'm like, "The <laughs> Principal," but he knows about The Substitute and uh, about like, you know, apparently there's some Mexican woman that he has sex with or something like that. I'm not, I don't remember. But, I've uh, never seen The Substitute. That was one. I my dad liked that movie until at one point they bring out a bazooka, and he was just like, this "Listen, was it was." It was like a Mac 10 on the table. Like, you know, principally he had a bat, but the substitute has a Mac 10. Well, the like with a silencer. Of, the substitute's a fucking CIA agent. Oh, okay. Well, that I makes think. sense. But I've never seen that. The first one has Tom Berger and Ernie Hudson and Mark mm-hmm. Anthony. And then oh, Mark An- the Mark Anthony? Uh uh, yeah, the Mark Anthony and the Louise Guzman. Um ah, cool. And then there were, I think, three sequels. Yeah, there's and those don't have Tom Berenger, Todd Berenger. Those have those have Tweet Williams. Okay, I don't know who that is. But yeah, I know Tom Berenger was a lot of type movies like that. I know he was in Sniper and stuff. After yeah, that. and they're still making Sniper movies. Yeah, I know. And there's like they're, they're like different names too. So yeah, they Sniper have like, Assassin's Sniper. End. And Tom Berenger's still in those. He is yeah, seventy two. 
Do you know? I mean, I, you know, I know that I, I, the Sony Movie Channel plays a lot of horrible <laughs> movies, and I love watching it. And then I saw like Sniper on it. It was like Sniper 2018. I'm like, is this still Tom Berger still in this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Sniper had the bullet can. That was cool. Which is nice. But so 2021, 2022. By the time this comes up, 2022. How do you make a movie like this now and have it not be racist? You know, I think you can, and actually, I mean, you can. It can be done and uh, just kind of gingerly, you know, have parents in it at least. I, <laughs> I, I just request parents in the movie at least, please. The kids have something with have to have somewhere to go to. They have to have a home. But I mean, otherwise, though, it would kind of be like to be perfectly honest. It kind of be the same thing, just. You know, just certain elements may be dialed back a little bit, but essentially would be the exact same thing. And I think it may fly over. I just don't know if the audience would be there for it, though, nowadays. Here's you know. my here's my pitch for the principal 2022, okay? You take it out of the inner city and you go to poor white America, mm-hmm. okay? And you make the teacher, um, let's make him a Japanese guy who knows karate. <laughs> okay. Or, you know, you, 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 I think you have to flip the race thing Mm -hmm. because like my experience of high school, like my high school is predominantly white. It was a shithole, a shithole. And I feel like that, like Hollywood treats, if it's a bad high school in Hollywood, it's a black school, right? Or, or, or Latin, Latin school. That's fair because Hollywood doesn't know about the Midwest. Exactly. Or yeah, like I'm from Toledo. Like you know, my high school was like predominantly white and shit. Mm-hmm. So there aren't many movies about bad high schools that are, that don't involve people of color, mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous compared to what reality. Especially now, because nowadays, any any you know, let's be real, any family with money is taking their kid to a private school now. Exactly. So like in my in in Ohio, Ohio's even Ohio's like the worst of the bunch. Ohio's um school funding was deemed unconstitutional 20 years ago. Really? Because in Ohio, the school funding is based on income tax. Okay. So the rich areas have nice schools and the poor areas yeah, don't yeah. in the end. And yeah, I mean, it's universal, man. It's not like, you know, it's just delegated to just black schools as like yeah. the poor, you know, issues and things like that. And, you know, the access to like books and stuff, like, you know, it's just yeah, pretty yeah, that, bad, that, that, man. The principal, the principal is about drug drugs in school and crime in school. At no point does Mr. Rat Latimer be like, yo, we need new textbooks. Exactly. They didn't say anything about books. Nothing, school. About, <laughs> nothing about like that's I remember there was a story about a school, I forgot where it was, but it was a predominantly black school, and the library still had a book that was called Five Little Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even not go. even the five little Indians version. <laughs> no. Like even further. We used to we sing that song in my this school. <laughs> we used to sing uh the five One Chinese little, little. brothers song in my school. Uh like, which is like super racist now that I think we about it. We didn't like, know. That's not we you didn't. know. We didn't I mean know. I was I have an excuse. I was six. <laughs> my didn't. music we teacher no doesn't idea. have the excuse. They, you know, they fed, like I said earlier in the podcast, they fed us sugar and action. And, you know, we grew up to just be forced everything that was like whatever was in, on our faces. And we just took it. 
Yeah, but like I said earlier, I recommend this movie. I think you do too, right? Even though it's problematic. I, I as think hell. it's fun. Yeah, I think it's a fun to watch. Definitely, it's definitely a fun. Film. And maybe a little bit of spoiler here: the ending, the ending fight is spectacular. It is good. I love yeah. the. I love that whole scene. Yeah, I do hate how they sideline Lewis Gossett Jr. Though. <laughs> yeah, slightly. They didn't give him much action. He had a nice little fight at the end. It was fun. Where he beats up White Jack. White Jack with two punches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I like I like uh, the Jerry Curl guy. I like oh, his Jerry Curl. Does he die? I mean, it, spoiler alert: he does off of his own accord because he did a bad punch and fell and died. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, so Lewis Gossett didn't even kill him, right? Yeah, he, yeah. he died from his own stupidity. This his movie soul has a very, is plain. This movie has a very low body count. It does. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, well, I mean, spoiler alert again. Spoil, well, we'll spoil it, it now. What's the end of the podcast? Spoil. Yeah, go ahead. I can't believe Vic Dun- Duncan didn't die. I, I was waiting for it. I was like, I thought he died in this movie, <laughs> but he got sent to jail. I like that. Yeah, I I'm like, surprised. I like that. Yo, you got to live with your shit now, like because he kills one of his own. Stu- he kills one of his own members because the guy won't kill Belushi. Mm-hmm. Which is I'm, stupid. I'm, I'm not cutting the man. I'm not. <laughs> Do it your damn self. Uh, <laughs> very stupid. And then Arturo, Arturo shows up with Schrodinger's bat to uh to save yeah. to save Belushi at the exact like right second. And that last oh, fight yeah. is one last part before I have to say this part. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh uh Rick Latimer has a, a glow moment from uh Last Dragon. <laughs> You're right. My turn. <laughs> no, no, not my turn. My oh, turn. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his eyes get really big. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. That's some dumb shit, but it's good shit. It's that's good, what dumb I want. Shit. Yeah. That's I what love I yeah. It. Yeah. I oh, we missed the other part too. What when other he part? Rode the okay. motorcycle. Yeah, no, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. So spoiler. So yeah, I guess, you know, from this we're in the spoiler section now. You're right. But yeah. So okay. before that, but why? So Miss Orozco is going to get raped because of course she is. Um, yeah. Let me know if I go too far, James. Okay. <laughs> no, it's me. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, no. Because we got to set it up though. Like White okay. Zach's going to rape Miss Orozco. Or, 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 Orozco. So, and she throws a stool out the window. And how does Latimer save the day? <laughs> yeah. Tough. Fire drinking. Bat swinging, Rick Latimer, just like Gogo Thirteen again, comes through the mo- with a motorcycle, busts through the front door, front door with the motorcycle, rides up the stairs on yeah. the motorcycle, and then rides through the classroom door. It just destroys the, the door, runs in on his motorcycle, and beats ass. It it doesn't get more tougher than that. It, it's like the ending of Action Jackson. <laughs> I don't remember the ending of that, but man. And Jackson, Jackson, uh, uh, Jackson r- drives the car through the, through the mansion up the stairs. <laughs> um, what the hell is it with late eighties and people <laughs> driving? Although Carl was going just, upstairs. Yeah, Carl Weathers can pull it off a bit more than Jim Belushi. You are the first person in the oh. history of media to compare Gogol Thirteen and Jim Belushi, or vice versa. I'm just saying the motorcycle. Can't, they both choose a motorcycle at the end. To go inside the, the, men of, the building. Both men of few words, um, <laughs> but men of bikes. <laughs> men of men of bikes. I think Golgo has better luck with the ladies. Oh yeah, uh, but he doesn't enjoy is, it anyway, though. So who cares? they don't. They don't really push a romance with um, Wei Dong Chong. Uh, a little bit, like he stays for dinner. But I, I do appreciate that. That 
they don't just have him like, oh, and now the white guy gets the chick too. I thought he was. I, you know, I don't. I'm, I imagine that's probably what happened on the principal two. <laughs> the principal More. two out of Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. let, let, uh, so also apparently one more thing before we and we're going long now apparently sure. this character is in another movie no way there's a movie so there's a movie called abraxas guardian of the universe okay um, with jesse ventura and he i don't know the whole thing but there is a scene in a high school and the principal is jim belushi okay i have to see this immediately I'm and it's just a cameo it's one scene it has nothing to do with anything else like it could be any character but i i, I nobody involved with that movie i don't think made um the principal different director okay. the director's damian lee um who did nothing he did ski school um but that's just strange that there's the 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 principal cinematic universe they just referenced that's kind of like that uh john travolta movie where he was like an assassin and then he eats a royale with cheese and it like like blurs universes i didn't see that he's like yeah i need to get a royale with cheese but he's an assassin and he's not the john you know the character from Pulp fiction it's really weird that's lamer than this (laughs) it is very lame yeah completely that that, that was in 91 that is after as after peak belushi you know this is um this is about the time he's in canadian bacon uh, uh yeah yeah and this is before jingle all the way so i'm gonna watch this movie <laughs> again man I, I really do now i'm like amped up to see the principal again <laughs> the principal, hey the principal's a good flick anyway you should wrap yeah. it up there like yeah check it out it's on you can rent it on amazon and other services you can't it's not for free anywhere but you can find it it's it's mm-hmm. routinely in print and easy to come by but norm uh tell people where they can find you on the internet you can find me normally retro at uh, normally retro on Twitter, just spelled out, and also at my site on YouTube. A question of character. You do good voiceover work, but anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Lost Turn Table on website Lost Turn Table on YouTube at Lost Turn Table, and I'm also on another podcast, a monthly podcast about progressive rock music called Alexander's Right Time. But that'll be it for today. This episode of Cinema Olivia. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Till then, take care.